and welcome to the Your Good News podcast with me, Catherine Getty. It's easy to believe the news around us that the world is dark and the future is the same. But what if we chose something different? What if we chose to find the good news in each day? This podcast is a collection of interviews with friends, mentors, colleagues on their good news. From business to health to politics and everything in between, it's my hope that you leave with a boost and find your good news. I can be more excited for you to hear this next interview. I share more about how I met Matt Windsor as we begin to talk, but this episode is filled with interesting and thought-provoking tidbits about the home buying process. From breaking down the logistics to how you don't internalize the no's, he delves into how the moments along the way to purchasing a place can be enjoyable. And I have to think that it's a good reminder to just break down the overwhelming in any situation to find the good, to find the enjoyment. Without further ado, my interview with Matt Windsor. Well, I am so excited to have my next guest on, Matt Windsor. Matt and I first met back in 2016 at a cycling studio, Flywheel, rest in peace. And I worked in the early morning shifts um, and I got to meet Matt and his dear wife, Lauren. And as you can imagine... Waking up at 4.30 to be there at 5 was not always fun, but I was always looking forward to when Matt and Lauren were going to be in the studio. I am so excited for Matt to share his journey, and let's just jump into it. Matt, welcome. Thank you. So happy to be here. This is going to be a ton of fun. I'm so excited. I personally have a lot of interest in what we're going to be talking about today. I'm in a much better place than I was a few years ago, and you're like, Let's talk about apartments or condos. But I always like to begin by asking my guests, what's your good news, Matt? Yeah, so we have a, a five-month-old, and he is sleeping through the night consistently. So we're uh, we're <laughs> in the morning today, and so I feel refreshed because I got a good night's sleep for once. So that's, that's <laughs> good news today. Matt, you're not the only person that's talked about sleep being very important. Maybe I need to go down this path, but I think that sleeping through the night, we take it all for granted, but that's amazing. I'm so happy to hear he's, he's doing well. One thing when you uh, stay up too late watching Netflix is another thing <laughs> you're being woken up by a human who needs it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can only imagine. Well, Matt, in the intro, you know, I shared about your passion for the DMV, District of Columbia, Maryland, and Virginia. And your work as a real estate agent, but I would love to set the foundation kind of with your transition into being a real estate agent. For 10 years, you worked in PR. How did you know that you wanted to make that shift? Did you feel ready to make the shift? Let's talk about that. Yeah. So I worked for a decade in um, public relations. I was a couple small boutique firms and as an animal planet at the Discovery headquarters. And then I moved over to Marriott and their corporate headquarters in Bethesda for the last year and a half of that career. You know, I, it sounds so cliche to be like, oh my God, when you know, you know, but I just kind of knew and felt like it was time time to go. So you know, there are a lot of people who say like, oh, real estate was my calling and I knew I wanted to do it. And that was kind of true for me. Yeah. But like, you'll be a you know, good real estate agent, you would be great at that. Um, but for me, like, my kind of discovery at Animal Plant was so amazing. It was one of those jobs that like, never felt like going to work. Yeah. And then a lot of those jobs that moved to different parts of the country, and that's when I chose to move on to Marriott. And that was, like, really awesome. I mean, I was doing public relations with their public marketing at Coachella and NFL and <laughs> Yeah, so like it seems weird to be like, yeah, I walked away from from that, but 
honestly, the, the kind of catalyst for me was there was like some big event we were working on that I didn't really have control over. And I had to miss a national playoff game against the Dodgers back in was it 2015 or 2016. And I was in New York for it was game five. And I remember telling Lauren, like today it's going to be this baseball game, but in five years, it could be my kid's baseball game. And so I wanted to have a little bit more control over, you know, my life and my career and work for myself. So that was the real catalyst for it. And then I just kind of circled in on what I wanted and and jumped two feet in. I think that's amazing. It's like, I'm hearing you say, it's like listening to our gut. And there's been a lot of episodes where we talk about listening to our gut, but it's like, so often we choose not to listen to our gut for external reasons of whatever it may be. Was it kind of a, once you knew and you jumped in full feet, what would you say to someone who's thinking about jumping into real estate or thinking about making a transition in their career or in a relationship or whatever it may be? What advice would you give to them? Yeah. So two different questions there that I'm first. Just unpack them. <laughs> I'll answer the second one first, which would be what I'd say to somebody who's just thinking about moving out of their career. And, you know, it, it wasn't just a snap decision. There was a lot of planning. There was a lot of stressing. There was a lot of sleepless nights. We were able to, you know, take a home equity line of credit to have available in case like I failed miserably. So, you know, there was definitely like some security with it. Yeah. So the transition. But yeah, I mean, if you're like sitting in a job where, just unhappy like yes not to be cliche again but like get out of it find something that gives you passion um you know especially if it's something that you're going to enjoy. you know try to set up things in this weekend yeah i have a positive experience i'm sure there's many people there. but um i think it all just kind of depends on the situation in terms of jumping into real estate yeah <laughs> especially with the pandemic last year when you know and the market's been so crazy you'd be surprised i probably do two phone calls or coffees a week with people Hey, so I've been sitting here unemployed and I'm getting my real estate license or I want to get my real estate license because it looks so fun and easy on those shows. And you're uh, like, let me tell you. Yeah. So, you know, look, there are ways you can be very successful in it, but it is a very competitive career right now. There, you know, I, I joined, I got into it about four years ago, worked for a very successful team who helped train me the right way and teach me yeah. the right way, which enabled me to go out and start my own team. But, you know, there are like stats where I think 50, 60% of realtors don't make it past the first year, you know, and we're in a situation now where like, I think I saw something in Washington and there's like 50 agents for every active buyer in the DMV. So like, it's competitive and you might think in your head like, oh, for sure, like my best friend who I've known my whole life will definitely buy a house. I mean, I know they're thinking about it. Yeah. Be surprised how many times like that doesn't happen and you're like, you know, your built in client base isn't there. So, you know, look, if you're thinking about doing it and you want to jump into real estate, hey, I'm always happy to talk to people because that's how I got to be successful in the business. Yeah. But it is a challenge. There's a lot that comes with it. And I think, you know, just to kind of tap into that a little bit more, you're talking about kind of cutting through the noise, it sounds like, of like there's so many you see so many people that are trying to buy houses, like what skills do you think came from PR that helped you in this or what things have you learned along the way that you think have enabled you to be successful? Yeah. I mean, that is a awesome question because you kind of hit the nail on the head with when I thought about like, okay, I don't want to be doing this public relations career. Anymore, yeah. And I do. And the, the main thing for me was like, where do those skills translate? So right off the bat, like when you're pitching, you know, one of my big shows at MNF was finding Bigfoot. When you're calling up the <laughs> and said, do you want to you know, write an article about these four guys who chase Bigfoot around? You get used to hearing quite a bit. So 
you know, <laughs> negotiating in real estate on behalf of my clients, like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, hey, the worst thing that happened is no. So I've got that built in. That's been yeah. no matter what I've done. So, yeah, that, that's like something. But then also just being communicative, bringing the branding and marketing aspect of my career from the past into now my personal brand me so you know, those are things that help transition but then you know i always kind of do with a little bit like anybody with uh 500 dollars you know, yeah <laughs> the, barrier, the, the barrier for entry in your real estate is, is very very low like you can take the test um, as many times as you need you know to pass and you can get online courses you can do them in person in like one weekend if you want to. so yeah Getting into it, it's like they make you memorize how many feet are in an acre, a little over 43,000. Um, but <laughs> what they really should be, you know, doing is asking you, hey, can you eat a sweet green salad while you're driving between points? <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, very difficult. Yes, I've gotten very good with a fork in driving. Sorry, driver. <laughs> but you know, but they, there are a lot of that just aren't in those courses, like breaking down the contract, like, really learning how to show property, you know, and gel with your clients, like the follow-up and the grind that you really need is, is something that a lot of people don't have right off the bat. And, and yeah. working with the team when I first got into this was a way that I could just learn a little bit by osmosis, kind of see what they were doing to be successful and figure out how that worked for me. But it was a huge help to have all those additional resources. And resources. That team. Yeah. A lot of that stuff just isn't covered in the entry courses. It's interesting too. I think that we say all the time, we being the royal we of like, the worst thing people can say is no, but sometimes that's really hard. You know, how have you figured out how to not internalize the no and just like keep going for the yes? Yeah, I mean, you're right. And 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 that is something that people say all the time, like, oh, the worst thing you hear is no. But for a lot of people, like, you know, rejection is, is tough. Yeah, <laughs> really, it's not it, great. Um, yeah, in your, in your personal life and in your professional life. <laughs> We can unpack that another day. Uh, yeah. You know, I think a long time ago, like I said, I got used to to letting that roll off my back a little bit. And it's tough sometimes not to take it. You know, personally, in PR, I don't think I ever really did because it's like, hey, I have this job. This is what I'm pitching. Like, yeah. That they have to write. If they say no, okay, fine. I'll try it another day. And I always just looked at no as like, okay, if I've got this person on the phone for a couple of minutes, how can I like build a relationship or a network with them? So it gets yeah. a little bit confusing. Real estate's a lot tougher for me because... I really do take it personally. Like I really feel for my clients. Like I, I put myself in their shoes because I've been in their shoes. I've, a yeah. of I've you know, lost out on offers. I've sat there for, you know, two weeks you know, waiting for a response and you're know, nerve wracking and checking your phone. Real estate's a lot like waiting. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Should I call again right now? I'm like, <laughs> Do I look desperate? But you know, it's like, I, I do feel for my clients and I, it does sound a little bit cliche, but the easiest thing with no in real estate for me is I always kind of let them know because this is how it's worked out personally for me is the right house will be out there. So if it's yeah. like that one, and even if you thought, oh my God, like that was just the most perfect one, then maybe it wasn't meant to be. And yeah, I saw often like clients come back to me now and they're like, I was devastated when we lost out on that one condo. And you know, it may not be anything they did. They may have put together the most amazing offer and somebody just had a better one. Yeah. Then they'll come back to me and be like, and now I'm so glad I don't live on that corner because I walked <laughs> on my way to work and they're doing construction every day. Or they're like, I just love my place so much and I found you know, the best bar that I never would have known about. So, you know, there are ways to spin those kind of nose and the victories later on. But yeah, it, it's tough not to. Yeah. 
I mean, there's just, and we're going to delve into kind of the emotions of home buying a little bit later, but let's transition and talk about, I think the entire idea of buying a house or buying a condo can be, I know personally, incredibly overwhelming because there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of paperwork. Let's talk about kind of how, what's your approach into buying? How has that been successful when you're helping people through that process? Yeah. So you're, you're right. It is extremely stressful. There's a lot of information that just isn't out there and available. So, you know, especially with my first time buyers, but with any home buyer that I sit down with, I really like to start with taking them through this personalized home buyer's guide that I put together. And I tell everybody up front, I'm like, look, there is no course in college or high school that taught you how to buy. If you went to your parents, you would think, oh, <laughs> they know nothing. God, I remember when, you know, Lauren and I bought our first house and our parents were like, 5% interest rates, the bank should be embarrassed. It was 18 when we bought. <laughs> so, you know, like they're out of touch on it. And then some of the stuff is regionally different. So, you know, if you grew up in New York, California, where, you know, they have lawyers really involved, like a lot of times those parents will say to their kids, you know, I don't understand the process here. And so, you know, it is different. It's different everywhere. So the first thing I do is I just sit people down and say, let me take you through all of this and explain the process to you. Because You've heard so much chirping from news, from friends, from, you know, everyone around you, your parents that like, let's just cut through that clutter. Yeah. Let me explain the process to you from start to finish. And then my approach really is it's all about my client. So they are, this is the biggest investment they're going to make. So I want them to feel like they're in control of the process to help them. And I want them to feel like they did it on their terms. So, yeah. you know, in DC, it's not uncommon. Like I'll get a client who, at the State Department and says, hey, I, I, you can't reach me between nine and five. Cool. So we're only going to look at houses between you know, five yeah. and o'clock. Or you know, even down to, I have some clients who go into a house and they're like, I want to talk about everything. And it seems like it's awesome. I have other clients who are like, I'm going to write everything down and then email you later with my thoughts. Like even better. So first and foremost is it's about you and how you want to process and approach it. Because I am a advocate for you in it. I'm a big part of your team, but it really should be done on your terms. And then the second thing that I tell, you know, all of my buyers is my main two goals are number one, I want you to be happy in the home that you find. So I don't care how long it takes. It might be a week. It might be a month. It might be a year. Um, you know, we might decide after a couple of weeks, you need to rent for a few more months to save, to really get the thing you're looking for. But at the end of the day, when you get those keys, I want you to be really happy in your home. And then the second thing is I want to think about your right now and what looks like your needs right now. But I also want to keep an eye on the future too. So, you know, in a couple different ways. So if we're looking at homes and, you know, you are like, oh, this is great. It doesn't have a bathtub. It's like, well, we probably need a bathtub in case you have a kid in the future or your buyer's coming with a kid, like they're going to need to give their kids a bath. So like something that could benefit future resale or say you get this like amazing job opportunity in a couple weeks and you have to move. Can we rent your home for what your mortgage payment is so you're not losing money? Or can we sell it and you don't have to write a check to the buyer to sell your own property? So if at the end of the day, you're happy when you go home and we have protected your future and got you something that you enjoy right now, then I've done my job. Yeah, there's, I mean, that's just like such a novel way. I feel like it's a novel way to look at it. And I've heard so many, and I think I said this to you a couple years back when we were talking was I've heard so many horror stories of experiences. And so I think it's really refreshing and I hope people take away from it. It's like, 
it can be an enjoyable experience. I think that, do you think that HGTV has sometimes ruined <laughs> the market? That's just like, I had popped in my brain because I feel like now I'm like, the crown molding doesn't look great. And you're like, that doesn't matter. Like, that's not, I don't know, real resale. I don't know. I'm going to stop using terms that are real or like. <laughs> I am always mad at Chip and Joanna for, you know, shiplap is not something that exists quite readily here. <laughs> You can add it in. You add it in. So, but yeah, I mean, and not just like the you know HGTV terminology and flipping and crown moldings and marble countertops all that. But like, I respect and I think we'll probably talk about it a little more. But like, I respect my clients' budgets. I don't push. Them. And so, yeah. like that whole HGTV, I'm going to show you everything you want, but it's two hundred thousand dollars more than your budget. Like that doesn't serve any purpose. Like, yeah, no. Can be real. So. You know, that is something that you know has gotten into people's psyche. They're like, okay, you're going to show me the crap or the, the awesome house that I can't afford, and then you're going to show me the crap house that I can't afford. And like, that's not. The, the other thing too is like, I was remembering. So we're not going to be going out to lunch and flipping tables and throwing drinks in each other's faces to negotiate deals. Like, it's not Bravo <laughs> as much as we would think it would be. Like, a seller wants to sell, a, a buyer wants to buy. So we already are both coming into a real estate transaction with a common you know, goal in mind. So it's like, let's be positive and get there together. Novel. I didn't even think about Netflix shows of selling sunsets. You're telling me that it's not like selling sunset in, in DC. Yes. That's devastating, devastating to know. You'd be shocked how many text messages I got last year during the pandemic. <laughs> We're like, hey man, it's selling sunset. Is that really like how it is? <laughs> No, no, it's that is very, very produced. Well, let's let's talk about you know your approach, kind of like emotionally. I feel like you talked about you really want someone to be happy, and you want to think about not only the right now but the future. But there are so many emotions that are kind of in that excitement, fear, overwhelm. How do you kind of help your clients through that process in a way that they kind of feel comfortable at the end of the day? Is it the education piece? Is it the communication? Is it a mix of everything? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit of all of kind of things that you're touching on. So, you know, number one, just by educating my clients up front, that home buyer's guide that, you know, I mentioned before, like, I really break down and explain the process, like soup to nuts, A to Z, here's how you I break it down into six easy steps. <laughs> like, <laughs> steps, that's all you need to buy. <laughs> and I tell my clients, I'm like, look, I don't expect you to remember every aspect of this. But like, when we're out seeing houses, an educated buyers is a good buyer, you can actually cut through some of the emotional decisions and the anxiety and being overwhelmed if you're coming to it from a place of like, yes, my real estate agent is now talking to me about appraisal contingencies and waiving certain things. And, you know, I may not understand it fully, but he explained it some, and now we can have a more informed conversation so that it doesn't feel so overwhelming. So the education piece of it is big one. Um, and again, like I said, there's just so much misinformation out there. So getting you a clear picture of what the process is going to be like, like really helps that. And then, you know, you mentioned the communication aspect of things like, Yes, like I, like I said, I'll communicate with my clients in any way they want. Text messages become super, super popular. I'm also kind of a little bit old fashioned and harking back to my PR days. Like I want to pick up the phone and call you and talk all the time. You know, some people don't want to do that <laughs> anymore, which is totally fine. I like to hear their voices, but yeah, I mean, I'm going to be in constant communication with you. Like my goal is to, you know, follow up until you're like, okay, we get it. Yes. Like, <laughs> but you know, I will never stop looking throughout the days for my clients. If like something perfect comes up or if I hear about it, like they're going to hear about it. Um, and we're going to be, you know, really communicating as much as they want to and feel comfortable with. And then the third piece is just kind of like being there for them emotionally. Like, again, this is my client search. Like this is their home. It is going to be a big 
monumental moment in their life. So I want to simplify something truly significant. And so I want to manage all those little like pieces that come into play in this. Um, so they can really just focus on the houses. So I tell my clients all the time, I'm like, look, you are an expert in knowing what you want. And I'm an expert in real estate and getting you what you want. Mic drop. I mean, that's like, it's just, I think it's a, such a refreshing way to like think about the home buying process. And it like puts people at ease and thinking about, okay, I can know what I want. I can know my budget. I can understand kind of those wish list items, but Matt knows where to find things. He understands kind of the different, you know, pushes and pulls in the market. You know, we talk about the pandemic, the market has, I feel like exploded in the last year. I think I heard some statistics like 2020 was like the biggest year for home buying or I'm not, I'm going to butcher the the statistics. So I'm going to stop at that point. But was it kind of exciting, crazy. What was it like in 2020? Is Has it continued into 21? Yeah. So, I mean, don't feel bad about butchering any data because <laughs> I feel like one of the knocks on real estate agents is we can cut the data like 30 different ways to you know, make our point however we want. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like politics. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, you'll see like six different agencies here in town will have, you know, an ad next month saying how they were the number one in something so (laughs) they're all all true if you know you look at the data a certain way so you know so yes you're right like last year ended up being crazy crazy for home buying for you know a couple different reasons number one interest rates were historically low they are still historically low they actually have been covering lower the last few weeks than they were at any point last year so that made it you know pretty challenging um well it it put a lot more buyers into the marketplace because you could earn more money so that's what made it challenging Then we had people who were wanting to move because all of a sudden their spaces weren't fitting their COVID lifestyles. You needed an outdoor space. You needed an office space. You couldn't go to the bar that around the corner from your condo, which is why you bought it. So there were more active buyers just because of a need. And then with interest rates being so low, we had a lot of sellers who were refinancing to stay in their homes because now their homes just got cheaper and they may have already loved them. So the inventory was shorter than it ever was. So that really bubbled up to be, you know, sort of a a frenzy and a seller's market with regards to like single family homes, row homes, townhomes in the areas. Like, yes, there was a little bit of a push to the suburbs and those properties got really crazy. The flip side was, especially, you know, if we got any first time home buyers looking like the condo market in DC, Northern Virginia actually did a little bit of the reverse. So we had a lot of first time home buyers saying, you know what, maybe now isn't the time to make this jump and I'll keep renting um, or, you know, I'll go live with mom and dad and save some money for a little bit. And they put their searches off. We had a lot of investors who, you know, all of a sudden, if their tenants had moved out, couldn't get the rents that they had been getting for several years because people just weren't renting at those amounts because they were furloughed or you know lost their jobs. And then we had like, you know, look, DC, if you pop your head out your window right now, you'll see 30 cranes in the sky. And a lot of those are apartment buildings. And so a lot of those apartment buildings started reaching out and saying, we'll give you three or four months free rent. And God, I had one client last year, we were looking and he's like, hey, I'm going to put my search on hold because I just got this apartment with three free months and it has a golf simulator and a Peloton gym. And I'm like, yeah, you should definitely go do that. That. So, you know, so that just bubbled up to be there was more inventory. Investors were dumping properties, more people weren't actively looking. And so the condo market actually stayed a little bit stagnant. There were a lot of really good deals to be had last year. There's like so many, it's like it's so fascinating because I myself like left DC for four months and I was like, this sucks that my apartment, sorry to my landlords, <laughs> sat. And I was like, there's so many things like that that you're like thinking about 
it's like this could have been a good time, but it was a great time to save. So, okay, someone's saving, they feel like they're ready. What would you tell someone to be prepared? And I put that in air quotes because I feel like, how do you get yourself ready for this process? Is it gathering all the paperwork? Is it finding the right real estate agent? Because I feel like sometimes, to your point, it's like someone knows somebody, but it's like you really got to have like a really good relationship with that person and open lines of communication to make it successful. Yeah. So, you know, the first thing that I always recommend is, as you just hit it, is you get an agent. When you're a home buyer, you're not paying for your agent. So you, know, you have an agent that's dedicated to helping you. If you just are looking on Redfin or Realtor.com or Zillow and you see, oh, there's an open house and you go in, like, then odds are you're going to end up having to work with the seller's agent. The seller's agent is like, who knows if they're actually going to you know, really have your best interest at heart. So the sellers pay the commission. They pay both sides. So if you're a buyer and you're working with a buyer's agent, like it's not going to cost you anything. So number one, like get in, you know, somebody who can help you through the process and cut through the clutter. Number two, like make them your advocate and and lean on them. So I always tell my clients, like first time I meet them is like, look, I am one part of your team. Let's build you the best team out there. So I usually make recommendations for my clients of really good, solid local lenders so that they can talk to them and get an idea of, you know, what their budget power is. And I always tell all my clients, like number one thing, if you do your pre-approval process, they're going to pull some paperwork. So yes, you're going to need some tax forms and pay stubs, and they're going to run a soft credit check on you to see, you know, how you qualify for, you know, rates. Can you get the better ones? Are you going to be in the middle tier? But they're going to spit out a number for you. That's going to seem like way more than what you ever thought you could purchase. That's great because it's all based off of your debt to income ratio and your credit scores. But I, if you're like me, I live on a budget every month. So you probably have an idea in mind of what you want to spend on your houses. So then you just tell them, Hey, I want my mortgage payment to be no more than this. And then that's the number like you bring back to your agent. But having a good local lender is just as important as having a good real estate agent. And most of us who you know, are doing this full-time selling, you know, high volume, like we have a good crop of really good local lenders here. So we can get you set up so that automatically off the bat, you've got a really good agent and then you've got a really good lender in your corner. And that can make all the difference for you when it comes time to, you know, make an offer and win in competitive situations. And then, you know, it's just be open-minded, be ready to look in a couple different areas, like, you know, be flexible with, you know, some of the things that might've been hard lines. Like I tell my clients, the first few times we go out to see properties, I need you to be so brutally honest with me because number one, I don't own the houses, so you can't offend me. But number two, if you're not giving me your honest reactions and opinions, then we're not going to like put the pieces together and figure out exactly what you want. So you might've thought like, I absolutely have to have marble countertops. Thanks HGTV. But you might find out like, oh no, I'm cool with granite or quartz or maybe a butcher's block. You know, you never know. But keep an open mind so you can really figure out what you're looking for so that after those first couple of times of looking for homes, we're just really going out to see properties that you actually would want to buy. Like you have a busy life, you have work, you have social life. Like let me do all that work and ping you and say, hey, Catherine, like I found two awesome places. Like we got to jump and go see them today. It's so fascinating. Like, I mean, I think too, like I've heard so many friends talk about like, yeah, I didn't realize that this would be something I would really like or be interested in. And so I think talking about having an open mind, it's like, yeah, these are the things that we need thinking about right now and future, as you talked about, but being open to like what it looks like. You shared prior that you have a new brand coming out, Moments with Matt. Can you share a little bit more about this? What does it mean for the home buying process and 
that experience in general? Yeah, so we talked a little bit about this kind of with some of the answers so far that we talked about. But, you know, for me, God, I remember when Lauren and I bought our first home and it just, it's like a overwhelming emotion of like, I don't know, you feel like you're an adult all of a sudden. <laughs> and you're like, this is a- Life comes at you fast. Right? You know, it's like when you think back in 20 years, you'll, you know, remember the big moments. You'll remember, you know, the day you got married, the day you had a kid, the day you bought a home when you graduated from college. Like those are those big monumental moments in your life. But there are so many teeny tiny moments that lead up and make all of those things. So my moments with Matt is kind of based on the fact that like moment can mean two things. It can mean something truly significant or it can mean something fleeting and you know that just passes by. So for me, like buying a home is one of the most monumental moments of your life let me manage all of those little moments that go into the home buying process so that when you get to the settlement table and you get your keys, you're like, all I can remember is just buying our home and what an amazing feeling that was and how awesome the process was throughout. Because I don't want you to worry about all those little tiny things. Like that's my job to manage all that and, you know, cut through that clutter for you so that at the end of the day, it's just you know, really about you and your big moment. And so that's kind of the tagline, um, the brand launch. And in partnership with that, um, I'm going to be putting out you know some new content. I'm going to be calling Moments with Matt, where we're going to be talking about little video clips, social media cuts to talk about all the moments in the real estate process. Because as I said before, an educated buyer is a good buyer. So like, why wouldn't I share like some of these little tidbits that people just don't know and there's no resource for? I love this and I can't wait to share. We put all the information in the show notes um, and repost it because this is... It's a really cool way to think about the home buying process where it kind of takes, when you say this, it like takes away the stress a little bit because it's like, okay, well, someone's in my corner, someone like that advocate's in my corner to help me through those little, those little things, steps along the way to get to the point where it's like, oh, this is awesome. Like I can actually enjoy this, this and be happy <laughs> as you were hoping. No, and I don't think I've mentioned this yet, but like the other thing too, when you were asking about like you know, communicating with your clients and making them feel good about the process, like I tell all my clients up front, like the sad, the, the most sad day for me is when they settle because I become friends with a lot of my clients. And then all of a sudden we go from talking five times a week and seeing each other two times a week to like now they're just, you know, living in their home <laughs> a couple times a year at my happy hours and events. But the other benefit that I always tell my clients is I'm honest and upfront. Like this is a business for me and it's a profession. So I want to develop a lasting relationship with my clients so that not only do I sell them their first home now, but then I can, you know, when they need to sell that one and then buy their next one, like they come back to me. 95% of my business comes from word of mouth referrals from my past clients. And that's by design. Like I tell all my clients, like, I want to do such a good job for you that whenever you are at a bar and you hear somebody at the next table mention, I want to buy a house, like you jump across like, Hey, you have to call my realtor right now. <laughs> and you know, so by like, I don't hide that by telling you up front, Hey, listen, I'm going to do this amazing job for you now, but it's also so that you continue to be my advocate after the fact and you push my name out there and help me build my business and brand, like then everybody knows like, yes, there's an incentive for him to do a really good job and really look out for us. I mean, there's just like so many nugget drops. I like to say along the way, it's like the importance of listening to your gut when you're in a career to starting with someone who's going to be your advocate and be an educated buyer in the process to having someone along the way who's going to handle those tiny moments so that you get to enjoy the big moment. Matt, before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to share with us? Yeah. So the biggest thing is, you know, you and I have talked about before, um, you know, if you're a first time home buyer, if you're a second time home buyer, whatever like that, like 
there's a lot of apprehension and anxiety about getting into you know home buying, and there's a lot of people who never even think to start the process because they're like, there's just no way I could afford it. So don't put that aside because look, over the course of your life, like owning a home could be the thing that sets you up for generational wealth for years to come, and it could also be a better investment than you know the rent that you're paying. Like don't pay someone else's mortgage. So you don't need to have 20% down to buy a house. Like, you know, you can do it for as little as 3%. There are programs available and, you know, I'm licensed in DC, Maryland, Virginia. There's programs available for first time home buyers or people at certain income levels to get benefits and tax breaks and things of that nature. So if you're even just thinking about it, like, again, it doesn't cost you anything to like, give me a call and we can sit down and I'll explain to you the process and help you get, you know, pre-approved and figure out like, oh, wait, yes, I could buy right now. So that's just a big thing, especially if we have home buyers out there. It's like, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't cost anything just to like make that phone call and be like, is this something I could do? Especially if it's a goal for you. People run, don't walk to work with Matt. He's fantastic. As you can tell, Matt, where can people find you on social media, your website, everything like that? Yeah. So my website is www.mattwindsorrealestate.com and Instagram at Matt Wins, M-A-T-T-W-I-N-D-S. And, you know, you can see a couple of my bus ads on 14th Street and <laughs> the old Matt Windsor real estate and it'll pop up. But um, yeah, any way well, you want to, you can reach me. Well, awesome. This will all be in the show notes. And Matt, thank you so much. I hope people have just like soaked it in, get excited about the home buying process because it's it's not as scary as it seems. It's not. And Katya, let me just say before we go that I also yeah. look forward to seeing you every day at 530. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are some warnings that I don't know if that was true, but that's okay. I, I you know, we tried at Flywheel. Yes. Rest in peace. It our best. <laughs> well, that was fun. He really helped me refocus on how overwhelming moments can be made fun, how we can find folks to work with, that we don't have to do things alone. His lessons, may you be in the market for a home or just taking his lessons to your life are surely ones to remember. If you liked, please subscribe, share, leave a review. To learn more about the podcast, visit my Instagram at Catherine Getty, my name, and then join us next week for another episode of the Your Good News Podcast.